Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, Call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. Peace. Why does it matter? Why is it hard to care about it? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, another Joe Biden moment that's hard to put into words. And some ducks. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. 
That's hard to remember certain things, isn't it? Celebrations, holidays, birthdays. I know I'm terrible at it. People say, well, you've remembered your, your wedding anniversary every year. Yeah, I've got news for you. The wife doesn't know. It's on the calendar in my phone to remind me two days ahead of time to go get a gift for it. That's real. I remember things. There's so much to celebrate. Even people who are good at it. Women. Women are outstanding at this. Remembering holidays and birthdays. Very conscientious like that. People who are good at it. They forget some things. right? Well, I can't believe you forgot today was blank. can't believe you forgot today was that. You know why? Because there's so much out there. Isn't there? There's so much to remember. So many different celebrations of things that happened. No human being can possibly keep track of all that. You need a whole Excel spreadsheet to do that. So if it's that hard to keep track of things that are happened, that have happened, then it's understandable you and I have deficiencies as human beings, and that's we don't dwell enough on the celebration of things that didn't happen. I can tell you're already confused. Let me explain. We could have a city somewhere in the Middle East, or otherwise, go up in flames because it's been nuked. What does that look like? Pause for this. I'll tell you where I'm going in a minute. Pause and think about what that looks like. Pick a city in America, whatever the city. Jerusalem, Cairo, Beijing, Moscow, Los Angeles, whatever. Pick a city and picture what it looks like if a nuclear bomb goes off in that city. What's that news coverage like? How many lives ended, lives destroyed, children orphaned? What does it look like? With the, think about what the Hiroshima looked like. Nagasaki. Now think about modern coverage. What you'd see, how ugly that would be. It'd be devastating. It's depressing just to think about. Well, you and I don't give enough appreciation because we can't. We don't give enough appreciation to people who prevent things like that. Peace is one of those things that almost sounds like a bumper sticker term, doesn't it? A give peace a chance, something like that. But real, lasting peace instead of tension, that stuff prevents things like a city going up in flames one day. We don't give Donald Trump enough credit for what he's done. For what he's done foreign policy-wise. Donald Trump, foreign policy, has pulled U.S. troops out of harm's way instead of putting more of them in. And his plan is to pull even more out of harm's way. Okay, well, that's good, obviously. Donald Trump has also, when necessary, taken the steps to launch precision strikes to kill bad, bad people on this planet. Qasem Soleimani, al-Baghdadi, these men died with little to no collateral damage. Okay, well, that's also very, very nice. We like to kill the bad guys and protect the good guys, don't we? That's, that's, that's good. Now, all that's nice, but none of that is necessarily special. You want a U.S. president to take those steps, but it's not necessarily special. Trump negotiating peace between the Jewish nation and multiple Muslim nations 
with the rumor mill has it, there are more Muslim nations that are going to sign on to this peace deal with Israel? I know it's hard for you and I to care. I'll be honest with you. I've asked several guests about it because I want it cemented in my own brain. I want to care enough about this. It is a major deal. And you and I can't possibly appreciate things that didn't happen, right? But this kind of a peace deal, the one Trump made happen, that is the difference between a city in the world going up in flames one day and peace. That is the difference between poverty and prosperity. And we use that word a lot, poverty. You know what poverty is. You've seen the images, if not having, if, if, if not, you've, you've experienced it yourself. Starvation, malnutrition, dying of easily preventable diseases or easily curable diseases. Poverty is ugly. The difference between a bustling, vibrant society and an impoverished society is often the peace deal with the right nation. Peace in the Middle East? Don't get me wrong, I'm not going to be pie in the sky about this. We don't have it yet. You have plenty of bad actors out there still. But peace in the Middle East that looks possible? How did he do it? I genuinely, I I want to know, how does Donald Trump do it? And full disclosure, remember this. I hated Donald Trump in the primary. I was and am a hardcore Ted Cruz supporter. I turned around and voted for Donald Trump in the general because Hillary is Hillary. But I never in a million years expected this kind of success on the world stage. I watched him on reality TV the same as you did. I obviously knew he'd had quite a bit of success business-wise. But if you would have told me the Donald Trump I hated in the primary was going to sit down with the Jewish nation and a Muslim nation and have them be pals by the time he's done, I would have slapped you upside the head and said, you need to get yourself on some meds, seek some professional help. I'd be wrong. Somehow, this man is able to get cats and dogs living together. And we'll never appreciate it enough. I won't. You won't, most likely. I think it's extremely impressive. And the man deserves a wealth of credit for it. Now, because he's Trump... He knows he deserves credit for it. Just take a look at what happened with Israel today. With that, uh, take a look at what's going on. If you, if you, that was going to be a problem. We're actually creating peace in the Middle East without blood staining our sand. So you, but look at, look at what happened with Bahrain. Jim Mattis. George, look and at today what happened with Bahrain. Look at what, well, a guy like Jim Mattis would have disagreed with the way I went about it. And I've turned out to be correct. Tom Friedman of the New York Times wrote incredible glowing articles last week about this incredible thing that I've been able to do in the Middle East. A guy like Jim Mattis could have never done it because they were all doing it the old-fashioned way. They were going in the wrong outlets and the wrong doors. And what happened today with uh, UAE and with Bahrain and with Israel, people don't even believe it. And George... As sure as you're sitting there, I have numerous other countries in that region that are going to be signing very soon also. You'll have peace in the Middle East. And this is without war and without losing. And I'm talking about on both sides, but without losing our great young soldiers.
That's awesome. And you know what? He's right. How? Maybe, you know what? Maybe I was a complete idiot when I didn't like him in the primary. Maybe I should have seen it coming. Let's be frank. Whatever you think about Donald Trump, his entire life, the man's in his 70s, his entire life has been spent on planes around the world negotiating deals. And the truth is, and you and I don't like to think of it like this, we like to think of a bunch of above it all geniuses, but putting things together, the truth is, the difference between this major business deal, that major trade deal between countries, this major alliance, it's not often based on the, the dollars and cents of the deal. Oftentimes, it's based on one personality or two personalities getting together, winning people over, finding common ground, and getting people in the same room. And Donald Trump has spent 70-plus years now doing that, doing that for business reasons. And we have to understand so many cultures are different. You conduct yourself differently when you're sitting in a room with Wall Street bankers than you do when you're sitting in a room in Tokyo bank with Tokyo bankers. You do. Cultures are different. You conduct yourself differently when you're conducting business in Israel versus when you're conducting business in Dubai. Donald Trump can do it. I don't know whether that's just a life experience thing or what, but... I'm taking a segment and I'm saying, well done, Mr. President. Rush Limbaugh, as he has for a long time, said it better than anyone else. This has been so long in coming, it just seemed impossible. And yet, here in less than four years, Donald Trump has fixed a massive world problem. It's, it's, it's literally stunning. And it will not be properly reported. It will not be given its, uh, its due respect by the media and uh, by the Washington establishment. He's right. It won't be. I mean, it ends up looking like a prophet. Look at this. Look at, the, look at how CNN covered the signing of a Middle East peace treaty. Just... This is what we're dealing with in the United States of America. Look, I just want you to look at this. Trump holds White House event with large crowd, little social distancing. I don't, I don't have any harsh words I want to share right now for the American media. I just wanted you to see that. And I do want you to remember, these are the people who bring you your news. Conduct yourself accordingly. All of that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. Now, it can be hard to break away from the news right now because there's so much bad news. There's a new book out with a series I've been reading since they introduced the first one. It's a, the Mitch Rapp is the main character. And what he is is this take no crap guy, American assassin, super spy, whatever you want to call him, and he bounces around the world murdering terrorists. It's really, really cool. It's really entertaining and very well written. You can't put them down. I already finished the new one. The new one is called Total Power. If you are a fan of my show, you will be a fan of these books. And if I can read it, trust me, you can read it. They're easy to read.
Go pick yourself up a copy today. Total power. All right. We'll be back. It's campaign season. I don't know if you've heard. We have a presidential election coming up really soon. I'm kidding. I'm sure you've heard. And you know what that means for me? It's my job to sit here every single night and give you the hard-hitting news. I'm just kidding. I'm not a journalist. My job is to sit here and talk about things that I want to talk about, and hopefully you enjoy them. And part of my job as a political pundit, which is a very important position, I'm not sure this world could keep spinning without me, part of my job is to make election predictions. So I have to do the thing everybody expects, and that's call the election. Only I have a plan. You see, I'm going to constantly switch my predictions back and forth. That gives my production staff the ability to record and catalog all of it. So no matter how the election turns out, I'm going to play the part that has me right back for you and say, ha <laughs> nailed it. That's how you be a political pundit. There's no limit to what you can accomplish in this life if you have no moral compass whatsoever, and I don't. That said, I've been telling you about the election. Remember what I told you, I have no idea how it's going to go. It's one of those insane years. I have no idea how it's going to go. Trump is down massive in almost every poll. Very important polls, too. And you look at that and you think, oh my goodness, we're screwed. I, I realize the polls are wrong a lot, but ah, we're, we're totally screwed. And look, we could be. With this many unemployed people, with this many people in America who have been now educated, we now have multiple generations who've been educated in America's government school system, and they think America sucks. Very hard to win that vote over when you don't think America sucks. Okay, so I can see how we'd be screwed. But then you look at the things Trump has accomplished, and you look at Joe Biden and his incredible deficiencies as a candidate and how lamely his campaign is run anyway, and you can't see how he can win. I have moments. I'll tell you, what I'm about to play you is another one of these moments. It dawned on me. I'm always trying to look at it as how I'm going to see things after the fact. And this was the moment. I saw this yesterday, and I said to myself, I don't see how he can win. What's the path to victory here? This is what he said. President Trump has proven he's unfit to hold the office of the presidency time again, but nowhere are his faults more glaring and more offensive, to me at least, than when it comes to his denigration of our service members, veterans, wounded warriors, the fallen. Quite frankly, uh, I won't say get angry, quite frankly, it makes me uh, very upset the way he gets in front of a camera and crows about how much he has done for veterans and then turns around and insults our service members and fallen heroes when the camera's off. Donald Trump has no idea about the uh, ideas that animate women and men who sign up to serve. Duty, honor, country. That's what service and patriotism is all about. All right, that, that was just, that was painful to watch, one, two, this is why I thought they're in so much trouble. That Trump calling the troops losers and such, that was an article printed in the Atlantic with a bunch of unverified sources 
and it petered out of the news in a day or two because most people didn't really believe it and it kind of faded away. So you're thinking, okay, it's a little miniature scandal hit piece and no big deal, that's election season. But if the Biden campaign is under the impression that that is the big winner for them, they're in very, very, very serious trouble. If the message of the Biden campaign to independent voters, to middle of the road voters is Trump hates the troops, that's not, that's not believable, and it's definitely not believable enough to get you into the White House. That's a problem. Another thing about the Biden campaign, you remember we played it for you a couple days ago where Kamala or Kamala gets in front of the camera and calls it under a Harris administration or oh, a Harris-Biden administration. It was, it was, it was out there, and everybody, because everyone knows how ambitious Kamala is, everybody looked at it and thought, Ey. Talk about letting the mask slip a little bit. But we dismissed it. Only now, Biden's saying it too. Harris-Biden administration is going to relaunch that effort and keep pushing further to make it easier for military spouses and veterans to find meaningful careers, to ensure teachers know how to support military children in their classrooms, and to improve support for caregivers and survivors so much more than we do now. Oops. Is this just what we're going to do now? What are we seeing here? Are we going to start seeing this more and more? And I'm not going to be I'm not going to be tinfoil on my head guy, but let me just say What if this is a plan? I don't mean some nefarious scheme by the evil government men in the in the back rooms, but what if it's simply a meeting they had? Big shots in the Democratic Party, Biden, Harris. And they just laid it all out. Here's the plan, everybody. Look, nobody's under the impression Joe Biden's still going to be president four years after he's elected, if he's elected. Why don't we just start warming the public up to the fact now that this is really Kamala Harris's presidency? And in a weird way, won't it be? If she's the only one who can function properly on the campaign trail, and she is, doesn't it have to be Kamala Harris's presidency? Doesn't she have to be maybe sitting in on more meetings than the vice president usually does? Gotta make sure Kamala Harris is boned up on the news. Who knows when she's going to take over? Isn't this just an uncomfortable, weird reality we all live in now? I love it that Trump called it out, too. But when you say that uh, Biden doesn't want to do it, everybody else does. Bernie does. He agreed to the manifesto, as I call it. The agreement with Bernie is that you're going to go to socialized medicine. He ran against If you Medicare go to socialized plan. medicine, well, they, he agreed. And Harris, who he today said Harris Biden because he thinks she's president. Harris, someday you'll have to explain that one to me. But Harris is all for doing that. She wants to go to socialized medicine. I love that Trump does it. I love that he just comes out there and says it because it forces the media to cover it. It's weird. It's really weird. Now, lastly, on a lighter note, Joe Biden, well, he's struggling right now with a couple different things. He's struggling big time with law enforcement and veterans, understandably, because the weaponized wing of the Democratic Party, the Black Lives Matter Antifa scumbags, have been murdering people and burning down cities for months. 
So clearly people interested in public safety are thinking poorly of the Democratic Party. That's why they're going all in and support our troops type stuff. They are also struggling mightily with the Latino community in the United States of America. We are seeing poll after poll after poll out of Florida, a state which you pretty much need to win the presidency, where Biden is underwater severely with Latino voters down there. So Democrats, what they do is they, they, they pull the same numbers we do, and they're looking at the polls and they're thinking, whoa, that is, that is not good. We have to do something. What do we do? What, what's the plan to win back Latino voters? So Joe Biden had a uh, Latino event yesterday, and I don't want to spoil this for you, so I just want you to sit back and enjoy and listen to me. This is not doctored. This is not edited. This really happened yesterday. I just have one thing to say. Hang on here. <laughs> All right. There you go. Dance a little bit, Joe. Come on. I'll tell you about that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if I had the talent of any one of these people, I'd be, I'd be elected president by acclamation. <laughs> Thank you so much. What was that? What does, what does an old man, what goes through his mind when he's having that moment? Has, does Joe Biden, has he been a politician too long to actually just take a step back and consider that? Think about that. The dignity of an old man. And that's what you're, that's what you are now. That might be, I'm going to have to think about this. Maybe I'll put together a list for you guys. That might be the most cringeworthy political pandering moment I've ever seen in my entire life. But it was hilarious. Now, here's what's not hilarious. The fact that you don't even know about home title theft. I'm not judging you. I didn't know about it. I had no idea this was a thing. And then I found out this is something the FBI is gravely concerned about. And cyber thieves are living high on the hog on this. You see, when somebody steals your identity, what actually do you lose anymore? What, charge a couple hundred bucks on your credit card? Credit card company takes the fees off, they go handle it. It's just not something that's hurting people. Home title theft? is taking away people's homes. It's getting people evicted from their homes. And even if you catch it before you get evicted from your home, it can cost you tens of thousands of dollars in attorney fees to reverse everything. Your home title is not a piece of paper. It's digital. It's nothing for these cyber thieves to hack in and get it, forge your signature on it. It looks completely real. I know they did it to me and then go take a loan out against it. You, you're sitting at home minding your own business. You haven't done anything wrong and you're getting late notices in the mail. Honey, did we take out a loan? You didn't, but you did. And you're on the hook for it now. Go to hometitlelock.com right now and register your address. At least go register your address and see if you're already a victim of it. Just go register your address. While you're there, I recommend you sign up. You can use the promo code JESSE and get 30 free days of protection anyway. HomeTitleLock.com.
We'll be back. Joining us now once again is comedian and Washington Times columnist Tim Young. Tim, Joe, Joe Biden with that thing he did with the Latino music. I'm trying to, I don't want to be, I don't want to use hyperbole. I'm trying to decide if that is the most cringeworthy moment we've ever seen of Democrats trying to pander to the various minority groups. There was obviously Hillary and the carrying hot sauce in her Mm -hmm. purse moment. Everyone can remember that. Joe Biden talking about putting black people back in chains to a black audience was honestly, that was almost too uncomfortable to be funny. Uh, Where does this rank on the list? It's up there. I think you're right. It's, it's got to be at least top five for any presidential uh, candidate on the Democrat <laughs> side. Uh, when, he, when he pulled out a cell phone, I'm not even sure that he's aware what a cell phone is or how it works. Uh, he clearly never heard Despacito before because everybody knows that intro to Despacito isn't where the where the hit, the hit is. There's no song there. They could have at least queued it up for the the chorus. But he like pulls it up. It's very clear that he like has never used a phone. He's like, listen to listen to this, and he like barely touches it. And then he does this like head bob thing. It's not even with the music. They're just like, hey, listen, Joe, just go out there and dance. You know how you do after you get your green jello at night. Just do that out there. It was pathetic. Could you imagine that if people think they had a bad day, imagine being the staffer who had to show Joe Biden how to hit the play button on a cell phone. Can he? Uh, does identity politics work, Tim? In all seriousness, I don't like to put my values on other people's values and the things I care about politically on other people. I try as hard as I can not to do that. I, w- I would assume since politicians have been doing this stuff so long, it's effective on someone, right? I mean, I don't like to imagine that could be effective on anybody, but does it work to talk like someone else and, oh, look at my black music? I, this, is that effective? No, especially not coming from Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, who is probably whiter than Joe Biden on the Am I allowed to say that on the show? She's probably whiter than <laughs> Joe Biden. She's the worst. She's locked up more black people than any politician, I think, in American history. So, uh, you know, they are the worst team ever. And, and there's no way this pandering now. It's very clear. What was there? A poll the other day said Donald Trump is getting 50 percent of the Hispanic vote. That's how they think they're going to get it back is having old Joe show up and play the first crappy 10 seconds of Despacito. They got another thing coming to him. Why is he losing the Hispanic vote? If you pay attention to his messaging, as I know you have over the past week or two, they are clearly worried about losing the suburban vote because he keeps using that word suburbs and suburban a thousand times. And they're big time worried about losing the Hispanic vote. Why have they lost it? What 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 did they miss? Well, it's something very easy. Uh, a lot of Hispanic people, a lot of, most of Hispanic people who have immigrated to America did so legally. And it's a pain in the butt to get to America. It's a pain in the butt to immigrate here. And you have to follow the, the, the law to a T. They work very hard to get here. And now Democrats want to hand everything out to free for free to everyone else who came here illegally. That is a slap in the face to every legal immigrant in this nation. The Democratic Party seems like an odd coalition right now. I, I, when you consider all the people they've managed to gather and try to wrangle together, doesn't that seem like it would be the most massive pain in the rear end to wake up one day and know, okay, I have to go pander. First of all, I have to go pander to Black Lives Matter today. Up, oh, You better change up the music and your language. We're heading down to the old Hispanic caucus. Oh, we got the trans people today. Doesn't that seem like so much of a pain? Wouldn't you just want to give up? 
Well, here's the thing. It's it's not just a pain for Joe Biden. Joe Biden hates black people. He's got a long history of saying terrible things, terrible racist things about them. It's got to be doubly as bad for him now that he's got to go pander to people he doesn't like. Do you <laughs> do you take do you take any stock in this Harris Biden administration stuff that now has slipped out multiple times on the campaign trail, once out of Kamala's mouth or Kamala, whatever her name is, and now once out of Joe's mouth, too. Is this one of those planned things? By the way, wasn't it Kamala back in the day? Didn't we used to call her Kamala? Didn't she go by that? And then they they changed the pronunciation of it. Maybe they were confusing her with the wrestler who was also named Kamala Harris. By the way, it was James Kamala Harris. You should look him up. Great guy. I got to meet him back in the day. Had stars on his boobs and a moon on his stomach. Probably a better candidate than she would have ever been. Uh, You know, here's the thing. It's it's a scam on Democrat voters. I think it's great that they're calling it the Harris-Biden ticket. They're, they're exposing themselves now if they're rolling with this, even if it's by accident. Nobody wanted her on the, in the Democratic primary at all. She was one of the first people to drop out. She's the, one of the least charismatic people and, and polls terribly in her own party. So let them keep putting her up front. That's great. Even more for Trump. Don't they have to, though? I mean, when you look at what she is and what versus what he is, I mean, I realize she's not exactly dripping charisma, but she at least can speak. They have to put her up. Uh, yeah, I mean, she can. I, I don't doubt that they try to throw her into one of the debates with President Trump instead of Joe Biden because Joe is very, he's been having trouble. The other day when he was in front of that Field of Dreams looking thing, I thought he was going to walk into it and disappear forever and go up to the heavens. But, uh, you know, I, I, he's looking frailer and frailer every day. And I'm not saying that even comically. He looks terrible. He looks like an old man who is way past his prime. He can't complete sentences. He's confused half of the time. He doesn't even know. How do you not know what your next campaign stop is when you only have one stop a day? He had to ask his wife. One stop. He had no clue. He does. He looks awful, and it looks like the campaign trail is already grinding him down to the nubs. And as you just pointed out, he doesn't exactly have a rigorous schedule. But I don't think the, the thing about it is, here's what I'm worried that the point of you and I and a bunch of people on the right, I think we're missing a point. I don't think Democrat voters care at all. I don't think if you told Democrat voters right now that Joe Biden was going to get sworn in and drop dead the next day and Kamala or Kamala would take over, I don't think they care. I don't think they have enough regard for the country to realize how bad that's, that's, that really makes us look. Uh, I don't know about that. I think your moderates and your independents are are flipping to Trump on this one. I think the silent majority is growing. There was an op-ed, oddly, somebody got fired at the Washington Post the other day from a Democrat who says, I hate Trump, but I have no choice but to vote for him because they see, and I think the Trump campaign has done a great job, and, and the president and his administration has done a great job of tying these riots to the left and tying all of these terrible things to the left. I mean, look at just this past week, the left is so deranged that they're blaming the right for opposing pedophilia. They're drawing a line on opposing pedophilia with that Cuties movie. I mean, wh- how deranged is this? Now now they don't like peace in the Middle East. I mean, the, wh- what's next? And this lunacy, the problem is, it would be fine if this was a regular election year, but because so many people are stuck at home, they're watching all of this. They're consuming this more than normal, and they're seeing just how insane that party has become. Tim, very little shocks me, but I'll tell you, the defense of that pedophilia film, film shocked me. It didn't shock me scumbags like Net, like Netflix would put it out. I mean, there's always some weirdo pervert out there who's going to put something like that out. But th- it's now a week. It's not like this lasted for a day. It's been a week of journalist after journalist, always on the left, defending it. And I just, I can't put it into words what I'm looking at. How did that happen? How did we become a country? How did we become a country where people publicly feel comfortable defending pedophilia? Did that just happen yesterday? 
I, I think we've been ramping up to it for a while. Wasn't there a, a thing where they were, they, I forget, but there was a formal term for pedophilia at one point they tried to push and that got shot down very quick. And it's very interesting to me that they're linking it to conspiracy theories. Nobody wants pedophilia. The only people who want pedophilia in this country are pedophiles, period. There's no normal person who looks at, at that movie and sees that little bit of trailer and goes, oh, that's, that's worth watching. It's disgusting to me. I, I don't understand... Like you said, like I don't know when this happened, when this line was drawn, but you know you had an organization years ago, and I know they joke about it a lot on South Park or whatever back in the day. But NAMBLA, which was the uh, was it North American Man Boy Love Association in New York, it was funded by the state. It was a recognized organization. They've been trying to slip this through for a while, and now you've got these nutcases on the left that have 85 genders, and they're going to try to slip in loving children as part of that. It's disgusting, and there needs to be a hard line drawn. I think by the end of this, because of the way the pendulum swings, we end up becoming a more conservative country. I have that prediction. I'm, I'm praying that that's right, because if not, you and I are probably going to end up in uh, re-education camps. Hopefully, they'll put us in the air-conditioned wing of it, and we can sit by each other and uh, not get whipped as much. Tim, I'll be right there with you. By the way, check out that South Park uh, episode he's talking about. It's quite hilarious. Tim Young, ladies and gentlemen, appreciate you, brother. Thanks. Now, lock up your stuff. Lock up your stuff in a Vault Pro safe. You really do need to. I, I'm not just telling you to go buy something. I own one for a reason. Look around out there. It's not just the theft that worries me. This contractor has to come in. All you got to call the plumber. People look around. Guests come over. They go tell their friends who tell their friends, ooh, had some nice earrings. It's not just theft, though. Fire. Have you ever stood on a street in front of your house and watched the fire trucks roll up as firemen try to save it? I have. You know what goes through your mind in that moment, standing in the street in the middle of the night with your family? Oh, man. What about the stuff I can't replace? You see, it's easy to replace the television set in your living room. It's another thing entirely to replace grandpa's World War II medals, a childhood scrapbook of the kiddos, birth certificates, things you should have locked up in a Vault Pro safe in case the worst happens. And look, Vault Pro is veteran-owned, lifetime warranties, and made in America. They got gun safes. Vault doors, walk-in vaults, storm shelters, and you can customize the things with things you want. And there's still a Labor Day sale going on. Go to vaultprousa.com. That's vaultprousa.com. Go check out their sales right now. And don't forget to use the promo code JESSE. Save yourself a pile of money. We'll be back. Joining me now, one of my favorite guests, not just because she's like the smartest person we bring on this show, but because she's nice, which totally, it goes opposite of everything I am. Dr. Nan Hayworth, former congresswoman or congressman, depending on how proper you think it is, Nan Hayworth. Nan, peace in the Middle East was a punchline my entire life. I mean, it was something you said as a joke. And I realize we still don't have it yet, but... How did Donald Trump manage to actually bring a Jewish nation together with a Muslim nation? That, I, I genuinely want to know, how is he good at this? Why is he good at this? 
Jesse, I've thought about it uh, as uh, I know you have in your very uh, distinguished way because you actually are a veteran of our uh, of our Marines. So uh, you know better than anyone how our conflicts around the world and our obligations around the world have been uh, managed under different administrations. Uh, but I think the the fundamental distinction on behalf of Donald Trump on behalf of President Trump is that he knows how to treat an adversary as an adversary uh, and how to treat a friend as a friend. Uh, and and he can manage the degrees in between with uh, confidence uh, and with uh, integrity. Uh, he And the, the, the folks he's put in charge of this process uh, obviously have uh, deep ties uh, within the Middle East, uh, and particularly, obviously, Jared Kushner has uh, a lot of uh, uh, of uh, relationships in Israel. But uh, the isolation of the theocracy in Iran, which the Obama administration not only refused to do, but in fact, uh, they they coddled this theocracy. They allowed it to uh, proceed with uh, economic. Uh, the economically favorable deals, uh, commerce with with our allies in Europe, who should have known better, but they wanted, uh, you know, they wanted their uh, uh, their money. Uh, giving the, the theocracy, yes, not only they were paying back a debt, but giving them cash. Uh, what was it, 150 billion dollars in cash that they knew at the time. Uh, the Obama administration acknowledged at the time that at least some of that money, probably all of that money, in fact. Uh, would go toward uh, terror uh, among Iranian proxies. Uh, so uh, Donald Trump Im immediately took the opposite approach. And I think that alone, uh, and also, you know what, the fact that he was willing to tell our NATO allies and partners who are our friends, but to say, look, you know, we are not going to be the doormat with money that all of you loved so much uh, when Barack Obama was president, we are your friend, we are your ally, but we will not be taken advantage of and we will not be taken for fools. And I think leaders in the Middle East understood that they could take this man seriously. Uh, and if not at the political level, uh, you know, in, in various forms, because of course we know that there's all kinds of uh, imagery around the world, but in terms of uh, actually dealing with him in the quiet ways in which these things take place, Jesse, as you know very well. So I think it, the fact that they could take him seriously and they knew that he meant business because what he did with Iran uh, was not fooling around. And I, I think that was probably the key. Nan, I, I don't want to dig, dig too deep in the past right now, but I, I need you to explain for me why Obama coddled Iran so much? Obviously, I'm not a big Barack Obama fan. I can only assume that Nan Hayworth is not a big Barack Obama fan. But setting everything else aside, I never could make sense of it. I, I, I never could make sense. What is he seeing there that I'm not seeing? It seemed insane. It seemed so insane. It, it, was, it wasn't grounded in any reality to coddle an America-hating, theocratic, terrorist dictatorship. And yet he did. Why? Wait. Right, Jesse, it was actually grounded in a certain cynical reality. Uh, and, you know, I've not ever been fond of uh, 
conspiracy theories, and I'm not proposing a conspiracy per se, but it is very true what Donald Trump has done uh, through his populist approach uh, and through the fact that, you know, he, he is uh, he is of independent means. Uh, he could afford to take on the globalists and the globalists obviously saw uh, Iran as someone with whom they could do business, which is why so many uh, European nations have sought to do business, including conspicuously Germany. You know, and Richard Grinnell, uh, marvelous. Yeah, I could see him as a future president. Uh, You know, it, it was clear with our allies that although, yes, you know, we are your we are your partner and we are your partner in strength. Uh, we expect you to stop doing business with the theocracy because that is hurting the world. Do you understand? Uh, and I just think it was, it, it was, it is in fact, there is absolutely a global, uh, you know, network of uh, finance and energy uh, supply. Obviously, that's been a crucial element of our. Uh, of our challenges to Russia, you know, with the Nord Stream pipeline that President Trump, uh, you know, between Russia and, and Germany that President Trump has called out, uh, you know, and of course he built up, uh, President Trump has built up our energy capabilities so that we can be an exporter. We actually are energy independent. Not only that, we sell energy. Uh, but these things make a huge difference. And, and the theocracy, they're not stupid. You know, they were happy to do business. Uh, and then, uh, fund their proxies, who of course operated under the guise uh, of uh, representing the Palestinians, who were in uh, you know that that uh, people have been in distress for decades, and and I think this is how they you know the the Obama administration coddled this entire network because frankly you know who supported Barack Obama, corporatists, cronies, globalists. Uh, who were looking out for their profits. That was a lot of it. Corporatists. You use that word corporatists, and I agree with you, but I need you to explain to me and the audience why a corporatist, somebody who wants his corporation to do well, would sign on for somebody as leftist and apparently anti-business, anti-wealth as Barack Obama. Break that down for people, Nan. You bet. Uh, well, Jesse, I am not against, number one, I'm not against corporations. I am for a vigorous uh, free enterprise marketplace. Uh, I am absolutely an unreconstructed capitalist. But that said, the marketplace has to be fair. So what do corporate, when I use the term corporatist, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the folks who capture the regulatory structure who uh, have the power and the access to legislators, to presidents, because they throw a lot of money. And I look, Jesse, you and I both know how those uh, uh, endeavors are, are, are made. Uh, you know, they, they get the laws they want, they get the regulations they want. Uh, they, they, they manage to not only to survive, but thrive because their competition of whatever size, of whatever, uh, nature, uh, they they see them as thwarted, or at least that their pro- their profits and their power will be retained. 
and so that's what I'm saying when I say corporatist. They don't mind. It took me a while to learn that, Jesse, because you know I'm I was so you know such a neophyte in this whole thing. But they they know exactly. They don't mind a regulatory state. They love a regulatory state. I learned that accounting firms. My dad was a CPA who hated the regulatory state basically, uh, but accounting firms I learned love the regulatory state. Why? Because it's all money for them. Uh, you know, and, and that's the problem. And who gets crushed? The rest of us. Who's better than Nan Hayworth, people? Thank you, Nan. Appreciate you, as always. <laughs> and you, Jesse. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. Now, I'm about to make your life easier and a little bit more fun. You need to go to grillblazer.com. Here's what they have. They already sent... I already have two of them, okay? I have the regular one, and I have the miniature one. It's a grill gun. It, well, does everything. It cleans your grill. It lights your grill. It lights your campfire. It lights your house fire. And they give you a miniature one as well, or you can buy a miniature one as well. It's safe to use to sear your steaks before you do something like throw them on the grill, throw them in the oven. You know what all these fancy chefs say now? You have to sear it first. Make sure you're searing the juices. And so you're sitting there doing the same thing I've been trying to do. You're trying to fry it up in the frying pan first and everything's splattering everywhere and you have hot butter on your feet and it's awful. No more. Sear, sear, right inside the house, done. I've been making perfect steaks since I got mine. You need to go to grillblazer.com get yours too. Grillblazer.com and don't forget to use the promo code JESSE. Save yourself some money. Grillblazer.com promo code J-E-S-S-E. We'll be back. Sometimes you get these internet videos out there of animals doing things. And you get every woman in the world say, ah, he's so cute. That'll be my wife. She'll do the little paw motion with her hands. Look how adorable the little puppy is. And me, because my brain doesn't work the way everyone else's works, I think about the bad parts of it. You see, in Thailand, they have rice patties. And those rice patties have bug problems. Well, they've developed actually a really cool system to get rid of those bugs. And this is it right here. Ducks. Those are ducks. They pour 10,000 ducks into the rice paddies to go eat all the bugs. Pretty cool, right? Taking advantage of nature, nature doing its thing. But as you watch this video, I want you to consider something. How are the ducks getting rid of the bugs? They're eating them. What happens to things you eat eventually? 10,000 ducks going number two in the rice patties. I want you to think about that the next time you order some chicken fried rice. I'll see you tomorrow. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit.
I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'll just get a quick cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.